0: welcome back to the family movie night podcast episode 13 and today we are discussing the horror movie a quiet place and in honor of that uh we are here talking about what crunchy food could you not help yourself but eat and then of course be destroyed uh by living in the quiet place universe so even in the midst of an apocalypse where you cannot speak or make any sound, you would have to eat this crunchy food. Donnie Dorsey, what, what would be your answer?
1: Um, it's going to be either, uh, ruffles chips, like the ruffle wavy chips or tortilla chips all day. Like I'm just, I'm You're just be a like, chip
0: chip maniac.
1: I am. I'm a chip maniac. I'm going to be like, if it's my life or the, or the chips, I'm going to be well fed and they're going to have to take me out.
0: I get it. I get it. Mine is uh 100 uh, percent uh Popeyes chicken, uh, crunchy as all get out. But man, I can't I can't help myself. Uh yeah, even uh, I've stopped eating meat, but once a quarter, so th- four times a year I eat meat, and it's a Popeyes chicken. <laughs> I said I'm gonna give up meat except for four times a year I can eat Popeyes chicken. So, uh in in the quiet place, something would have to come out and swipe my head off. Uh, for trying to eat that Popeye's chicken and Sawyer Hewlett uh, co-hosting with us as always the villain of this podcast uh what would what would you have to eat
2: probably popcorn I would I would get caught eating popcorn for sure and then it'd it'd be done because oh or bacon I guess bacon kind of counts because cooking that gets loud but that's true I I cook bacon pretty regularly and uh, that that would probably get me, the bacon would probably get me killed first i
0: will say the that is that was the uh, i saw this movie in theaters and that of course was the struggle that every person in the theater had was in the quiet moments do i eat my popcorn <laughs> And you're, you're trying to open it or, or open up my candy bag really. And what you
2: do is you end up opening it just really slowly. So the sound just goes even louder. Yep. <sighs> I I was sitting next to my roommate in the theater who was eating a snack. And I was like having a comfort. I was like, can you shut up, man? <laughs>
0: the family movie night podcast where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume my name is Nathan and I'm joined as always by my co-host Donnie and Sawyer our other co-host Heidi was not able to be here with us today for the recording but we are so excited to talk about this movie a quiet place before we get to that Donnie what do we do on this podcast
1: Yeah, so on this podcast, we encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories, start conversations that matter. And the goal of our family ministry is to help you to raise your children to love Jesus and His way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and some shared experiences that will help you build stronger relationships.
2: Yeah, and, uh, you know, like movie nights we think are a great opportunity to do that because movies are not just an opportunity to, uh, share laughter and joy and even, even fear and sadness in a safe environment, but they also give us a chance to talk about what matters the most to us in, in a way that's meaningful and memorable, uh, with your children and stuff like that. And on this show, we, uh, you know, we want to recommend some movies that you could watch on your monthly movie night, uh, but also, you know, give you some ideas of meaningful conversations you could have with your children during or, or, or especially after the movie.
0: And as always, uh, the goal of this podcast is not just to add one more thing uh, of your list of things that you are not doing as a parent that you have to feel guilty about. Uh, we really want to help you uh, make it easier to be at home with your family and to build memories and and to to share conversations that really matter. Uh, and, and we want that to be this way. So we're going to try and keep it fun, uh, even though we are talking about uh, this is the first horror movie uh i think it's safe to call this a horror movie right uh
1: yeah Yeah, easily i mean because there's definitely some 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 jump moments
0: yeah uh so this this is the first horror movie we are talking about um uh i will say it's pg-13 uh primarily i think just for the 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 horror elements to it uh there's really not very much language at all there's not certainly very much Uh, sexual content or anything like that in it, but it is a pretty scary, uh, intense, I would call it more of a suspense thriller, even though it has monsters. Um, And uh, I didn't read the IMDb description because normally they're terrible, but this one's actually pretty good. So in case you don't know what it's about, it's a movie that is set in a post-apocalyptic world where a family is forced to live in silence while hiding from monsters with ultra-sensitive hearing. Right, so you can't make any sound of any kind, um, and because these creatures will come and devour you, it is—I I don't even know—are they eating? Do we even
1: get that? Are they eating people? See, um, it, when it when they come in, like it's—it looks more like if you're watching like that Tackler from like in the office, like scenes where it's like, oh, yeah, I heard a Terry, sound, it's like uh, boom, yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, it is like I mean, it it is nuts. Everyone is it, it the only time you really see the monsters, you don't see them eating anything cuz I would say mostly it's a fairly even bloodless movie. Yeah. Uh, there are certain moments, uh but I would argue that maybe like Home Alone is a <laughs> more like uh intense uh, as far as the violence. Oh yeah. Home
2: Alone is closer to a slasher than A Quiet Place. It yeah, really like, is. <laughs> you
0: see these moments where these this these creatures come, but they always come from the side as if they're like some kind of like tight end coming out. Like just at this angle, they're like, cut, cut. And boom they just kind of come in at the side. It's nuts. Um, but I will say this. So this is a movie that came out in 2018. And I had in my head that this movie came out in 2015. It feels like ages ago that I went and saw this movie in the theater. Um, but this movie came out in 2018 uh it was directed by John Krasinski. Uh he had directed other things. So John Krasinski of office fame, most likely, or maybe uh maybe you're a what's what's the uh character he plays on the the Tom Clancy character? Can't think oh, of his name. Joe oh, Jack, Jack, uh, Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan.
1: Yeah.
0: Jack Ryan's so paper season. There you go. So uh yeah, but he uh he directed other stuff. This is certainly the most high profile thing he has directed. Yeah. Um and uh, his wife, Emily Blunt, it plays his wife in the film. Um, and this movie made tons of money. I think one of the most profitable movies of that year because it was made for almost nothing. Uh, it's very kind of low budget, low cast, made tons of m- money. And uh, let's just talk about it, you guys. Uh, you guys all saw it. I saw it when it came out. Uh, Donnie, you told me you did not watch it until this viewing so let's talk about this for a sec because i know a lot of people aren't horror movie people donnie are you a horror movie person um and if not or if so how did this movie work for you
1: i like suspense things i like thrillers i like things that kind of make me like kind of almost force my attention to the screen more regularly because like sometimes you can watch a movie and like you can miss bits and pieces of it and it doesn't really take away from anything but i feel like the absence of sound in this was actually what made in different parts of it made it even more intense because it made all the the sounds that were made matter that much more which made it even more intense so i thought it was good i mean i thought i mean if you if you like thrillers i think you'll enjoy it i think i think it's definitely something that it falls in the horror category i think primarily just because of the um the yeah, monsters. The monster thing of the bobbers. Yeah. Like, that's about it. Because other than that, I mean it's it's a thriller, but it's really well done though.
0: Yeah. So Sawyer, what what I, I know you went and saw this in theaters, you already said what what are your feelings about this movie?
1: Yeah, I, I love this
2: movie. So I, I have a complicated relationship with horror movies because, you know, when I was a little kid, all that I ever saw was like crappy so, horror movies. So on I, your on your Facebook page, it just says Sawyer Hewlett horror movies. It's complicated. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, but, uh, no, like I only ever like early on or like my first exposure to horror movies was like bad horror movies and stuff like that. Like, like the later, like Jason and Freddie movies and stuff like they're just horrible movies. And then when I got older, I I just want to go
0: ahead and say, I, I take objection to those being horrible (laughs) horrible movies, but that's fine. Continue.
2: (laughs) And so, uh, Uh, anyway but uh you know i got older and i i started seeing other stuff and i was oh horror is my jam actually and a quiet place was like at peak sawyer watching like art house horror movies and i i love this movie it is it is one of i i think i have a very hot take i think this is probably my favorite horror movie of the 21st century if i'm being honest whoa uh, i i love this movie All right,
0: well, let's talk about this. Uh, I also really enjoy this movie. I think it's great. Um... Uh, I would also probably refer to it as a horror movie. Um, we are primarily, um, I mean, go to IMDb, figure it out. You know your kids best. I, I i don't really think, other than the fact that it's scary, there's anything so objectionable. All of my children have watched this movie. Sawyer asked me before. He was like, have your kids seen this? I was like, uh, yeah, they have. <laughs> uh, my wife and I are massive horror movie fans. I mean, massive. Uh, to the point that, like, I don't think there are bad horror movies. Uh, I watch them all, because whether they are, like, so stupid that they're funny or whether they are genuinely terrifying or whether they're those like really psychological, like that just messed me up in my head, uh, horror movies. I think they work. And I think, and I will say this primarily for the reason of they do give us space to deal with things. And we're going to talk about this in the themes of this movie. They give us space to deal with things that most of us don't want to deal with on a normal basis, which is our fears. What are the things that most of us want to stuff our fears down and hide them away. But horror movies give me a chance to kind of, why does that scare me? What would I do in a situation like that? What, how should I handle my fears? And so I really love them. Obviously as a, as a teenager, when I got into them, it was just, you got to see things in horror movies uh, that you didn't get to see in other movies. Right. So that certainly was a big part of it. Uh, But this one I felt like was a good kind of, For for at least for my kids because there's nothing really too objectionable. It's a fairly bloodless movie. Uh, Certainly, you don't have some of the like sexual content you might have in other kinds of horror movies. This is a good one for them to kind of watch because it's just a monster movie. To me, it's it's no different. It's like an updated version of like Creature from the Black Lagoon or a mummy movie because they love the Brendan Fraser mummy movies, which are also very scary in parts. So, um, Donnie, were you going to say something about that?
1: No, I mean I think it definitely it has all those elements. Like I think it's like for I after watching it, I think there's some suspenseful moments, but I don't think there were moments where I'd go, "Okay, well, this might be a difficult movie for them to watch." I think at, at worst the monster might be a little bit creepy. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it was just a, you know, a lot of well well-done scenes pieced together in a way that was enjoyable, so.
0: Yeah. So I I think we would say at least, you know, this would be a good movie for your middle or high schoolers. You know, your kids well enough to know whether, whether this would be too scary for them. Um, I think probably come Halloween time, we might be watching some more kind of scary stuff since that's when people get into that kind of stuff. But this is a really good entrance because not just, is it just a well-made tense, scary kind of movie, but in the way that horror movies do, Mm -hmm. um, This is really about something that's not about the fear. It's really about the idea of how we handle heavy emotions, fear. And in this movie, um, so spoiler alert, you're going to get all the spoilers. And this is right from the very beginning. Uh, This movie begins with a family uh, losing a child. And it is in this very intense moment um, where it, it gets taken by one of these monsters. And this movie quickly becomes not a – the monsters no longer kind of become this like fun, like, oh, when are they going to get them to – almost these agents of trauma and grief. And they become this symbol for how this family now has to deal with how do we talk, how do we as a family move forward after this horrific – I mean, and genuinely horrific – trauma grief inducing moment and it becomes a movie about that and like the title of the movie and like that it really becomes about how this family doesn't talk about their grief they don't talk about the trauma they're experiencing they don't talk about the fears they have they just go let's just keep moving let's keep moving we've got to stay alive right we got to keep moving Yeah. and because of that Uh, There are difficult situations that come in. And so what we said is really this movie gives us a chance. I remember having this conversation with my kids. We watched it sometime last year, right before the second one came out. And we had the conversation of when bad things happen, we want to be the place where we can talk about those things, right? And that's what this movie becomes. So where did you guys see this? Donnie, I remember when we were talking before this started, you kind of – kind of focused on the way that the dad, John Krasinski really become takes his role as protector to a level where it almost, um, it, 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 keeps, it, it becomes a problem almost for the family. So Donnie, can you talk about that a little bit of this idea of kind of protection, maybe even over protection and how we have com- conversations about that?
1: Yeah. Cause I think, um, you know, after like, like, what you'd already talked about is like after their moment with the monster and the sun, uh, he really takes on the role of overprotection, like not even just protector. Like he he's really focusing on. I have to protect them at all costs, and when he says at all costs, it means that at the emotional damage. It also means at the like sometimes at the physical damage of like they can't do certain things, and he he finds himself constantly trying to justify the things he's doing, even though they are causing them some emotional like damage, you know, cause like his, his daughter's, his relationship with his daughter becomes very stinted and very like broken because there's a lack of communication because he thinks that by sharing information with her, that's going to somehow make her less safe. Yeah. And that couldn't be further from the truth.
0: Well, and I think what we talked about before, and you said this, Donnie, which I think this movie is kind of this allegory for it, which is this Family lives in a legitimate danger is around every corner.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, danger is around every like uh, 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 cough. You just cough. Every sneeze <laughs> is, is possibly danger, right? Yeah. And um, danger is around every corner. But that families, parents in particular, we often kind of imagine ourselves in those kind of worlds. Yeah. where our children are growing and our kids are, are in danger in uh, at every moment. And it is our job as parents, obviously it's our job as parents to keep our kids as safe as we can to protect them when they can't protect themselves, all yeah. of those kind of things. But I think the point that uh, this movie does well of making is he keeps his family safe. But what you see throughout the time is, and I will just talk openly about it because hopefully you'll go watch this movie. Um, but, The reason that the younger son dies is at the beginning of the movie, uh, it opens, and I love, they just drop you in on like day 89 is all it says. And so you kind of pick up, oh, it's been 89 days since something happened that kind of brought about the end of civilization as we know it. Yeah. And it's this family just kind of moving through this supermarket. They've gone to get, I think it looks like antibiotics for one kid that is got yeah, like a sinus infection or something. They've gone to get medicine for him and the youngest kid who looks to be about maybe 3 or 4 um finds this rocket ship toy. Yeah. and wants to take it and that by the way is just one of the best like filmmaking moments when you see the family see him carrying something and the look on everyone's face is like oh my he found a gun. Like oh he found yeah. a knife. He's carrying a snake and what he's carrying is a rocket ship. Yeah. And you're like oh, this is intense. It's just a good way of like conveying that information without anyone having to say the reason that the rocket ship is scary is because it's going to make noise and then draw the creatures. So the dad says, you can't take the rocket ship. I know you want it. And he does in that moment. That's what I think is very interesting is he fully communicates it. Yeah. He has a conversation with us. Like, look, it's not bad that you want this toy, but it's not safe for you to have this toy because it, it's loud. Yeah. And the the daughter gives him the rocket ship And the, but without batteries in it, but the little boy puts the batteries, puts the batteries back in while they're walking. It starts making noise. He gets taken by the monster. And the daughter feels like the dad blames her for the death of her son, of the son. And they just know, they don't even really talk about it anymore. Um, Sawyer, did you see any of the any of those kind of connections of this the relationship? Because you talked about that some of the relationship between the dad and the daughter and kind of the miscommunication there.
2: Yeah. So he is like just like a textbook horrible communicator throughout this movie because
0: we can just genuine, say it. He's yeah. just
2: a dad. Yeah. <laughs> he's so, just
0: a dad. He doesn't know like, how to talk about stuff.
2: Yeah, the question throughout the movie is. Okay, does he actually like love her and has he forgiven her stuff so Like that like, like the movie poses that question that it's asking. That being yeah. said, his actions indicate that at least on some level, he does. Throughout the movie, he's trying to help her. So like she's deaf is the thing. That's that's kind of the thing with her character arc throughout the movie, is she's she's a deaf character and played by a deaf actress wonderfully, by the way. Um, and he's trying to make her a new hearing aid throughout the entire movie. And you 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 put it together about near the end of the second act that that is his vehicle for delivering his love, but Mm -hmm. she isn't that interested in it. Okay. Not because like she's like morbid, but just because she thinks that he blames her for the death of their son. And so there's this communication tug of war going on. And I love what I, what I love is that he never stops trying. That's, that's kind of like, I, I view this movie with a lens of like, perseverance it's kind of it's a lot about perseverance and so he's trying to love her and he can't figure out what to do until there's a moment in the movie where he and his son that uh he they have like three kids at the beginning of the movie there's the the middle child is their son and they uh they 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 go and basically have a a break for the movie it's a moment where as the audience you can kind of relax and they actually get to have a verbal conversation and it's like it provides clarity for for the the dad for for John Krasinski's character and then he like has the answer and I don't know if we want to go into the ending, but there is a very cathartic moment that happens go ahead and,
0: go ahead and, if it ties into what you're talking about go ahead and get yeah it.
2: so I mean it's a this movie is ultimately a tragedy if we're being honest because in his final moment where he gets to communicate his love to his daughter that he loves he's, he simply It's very simple. He simply tells her with sign language that he loves her. That is the big catharsis. And in that moment, his two kids are being attacked by the monster. They're hidden in a truck. And then he lets out this super emotionally heavy scream. And the monster comes and swipes him off the screen. And I cry just thinking about it. So.
0: Well, and I think obviously the 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 reason that that works as emotionally well as it does is obviously sacrificial love. Anytime you see sacrificial love displayed, you know that's always a good opportunity for you as a parent to just say, "Hey, the reason that's so emotionally reason that works is because uh, God designed the world to work in such a way that self sacrificial love, a person as Jesus says it, greater love is no one than this that they would lay down their life for their friends." It it points us back to Jesus as being self sacrificial love. Um, I will say, I think one downside of this movie, uh, because I do think this movie is is designed um, really with – this. this to me is just a dad movie. It just feels like a yeah. dad movie. It's about a dad protecting his kids, willing to lay down his life for his kids, and that's very emotional. But what it really kind of does, because most of us – I'm going to venture – of dads are not going to be in a world with ultra-sensitive hearing monsters trying to kill their family. I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds like a conspiracy theory to say. I don't think you're going to end up in that world. (laughs) Uh, So most likely, you're not going to have to sacrifice yourself in that way. And what it kind of does in certain ways, and I think as parents, we have to be aware of this, and this is not necessarily a conversation for our kids, but something we can take from is, uh, we should not wait until we have some grand gesture we can do to communicate to our kids. We love them. That's really the failing on his part was that he he's, you know, uh, uh, Sawyer's talking about all the things he did, but he really was communicating to his daughter. And she openly said, stop doing this. There's a scene in the yeah. movie where she goes, just <laughs> stop, stop. I don't want you to do this. And he's like, but I love you. And this is what love looks like. <laughs> and it's like, but that's yeah. not what love looks like to me. And I know so many of us as parents, I am guilty of this, that I keep hammering the same nail with my kids going, this is how I would like to be told I'm loved. And they don't want to hear it. And that doesn't mean they're wrong. I'm the parent. I'm the adult. It's my job to go, what is it that you need? And she keeps saying to him, I want you to tell me why I can't go. And he's like, we're not talking about it. You just don't get to go. Stay home with your mom.
1: I think that's, and I think especially as a parent, like, um, and a lot of times, as a dad, it is that we want to explain things, but sometimes we do it in a way of protecting them. It's like, well, if I explain this to you, then you're going to know about more of the possibilities of what could happen. And then it's a whole different ball game. I mean, it's like sometimes we want to create this this safe world, um, but we treat the world like it's the most dangerous thing in the world. And so they they, go into the world fearing it rather than just playing it cautiously you know and that's the hard part because as a parent you don't want your kids to be afraid to take risk or take chances you want them to be aware that there are possibilities of dangers out there and to handle it appropriately but like and i think in this movie he's trying to do it but he doesn't know how to because. It's like the idea like when you talk about like love languages, some people want to hear you tell them how much you love them, but others would like rather you give them a gift of some sort, yeah. you know like and so it's that difference and he's like, well, I love you, can't you tell because I constantly work on this project for you, and she's like, um if you're not telling me why I hurt you or why you feel the way you do and you treat me the way you do, then it's not it means nothing to me, you know, yeah. and so it's it's a it's a very dynamic movie.
0: Yeah, because I think ultimately, and the monsters are really a, a small part of the movie. I yeah. bet, I mean- They're the background large,
1: characters. I'm yeah, m-
0: most of the movie, the middle section of the movie is how this family deals with this tragedy. How do they deal with this? How are they moving forward? Because there's all of this stuff mixed into it. So Emily Blunt's character, the mother, you find out, uh, at, so the, the 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 child dies on day 89 and then it immediately cuts to like day hundred. 479 or something like that. It's been over a year since that has happened. Mm -hmm. And, um, she's pregnant and she's like eight months pregnant. Um, and, she's about to give birth and there's a lot of cool, just like world building of like how they're preparing for that. They have this soundproof crib with yeah. an oxygen tank. Like it's just very kind of cool world building how they're preparing for it. But there's even some of that that's going into it. You see at one point, uh, with the, the, at the end of the movie, the family home gets attacked by the, uh, creatures. And when she's getting attacked, she has gone up to that child's bedroom. The, the, the child she's grieving the loss of because all of that's part of it. This, this new child is coming into the family Um, after the death of this other child, all of those emotions are working it, and no one's talking about it. They're all just kind of dealing with it. And so here's the conversation I think that is so important for us to have with our kids when watching this movie. Um, Some of the stuff we've already talked about of perseverance, self-sacrificial love. But to me, the central thing that you're going to have lots of opportunities as you're talking about this is um, you can point to, hey, do you see how they're not communicating? Do you see how they misunderstand each other because they're not talking? Like there's a scene where John Krasinski takes his son to the waterfall. I think we've already talked about it on here. And they're actually able to have a voice-to-voice conversation. And the son's like, you know, she thinks you hate her because she thinks you blame her for um, this other child's death. And he's like, I never have. I've always loved her. But that's an opportunity for you to say, do you see how they don't understand each other? And the reason why, and I mean, and this is the brilliance of the movie. They can't just have open conversations. Now They know sign language and such. Um, But it becomes about, hey, I want us, no matter what happens to us, right? No matter what happens to us in life. I want us to be able to be the place where we have these conversations. And even like, kind of like Donnie said, of, and, and Donnie, I love this example you used of not being afraid, but being cautious. I would take it even f- farther. I think what we're trying to teach our kids is to be wise mm-hmm. and that fear doesn't even, doesn't even, be, there are certain things that are wise. Like I say this to my kids all the time, like when they're, my kids love to climb trees and they love to do this and they go up higher than I probably would feel comfortable with them. So what I often say is look around you. Yeah. Is it wise? For you to stand on that branch. And then I'm now teaching them that not that the world is a scary place, not that this, or we'll say that when we cross the road. Why is it unwise to cross the road without looking both ways, right? I'm not teaching you to be afraid of things. I'm teaching you that there are things in this world that the world operates by certain rules, (laughs) Yeah. And if you jump off a building, something's going to happen to your body. So you should be wise and not do that. And if you just walk into the street without looking both ways, something's going to happen. It's not something to be scared of, it's something to be wise about. And if I, can be, if I can help my child to be wise about the world and to look around, but that requires them to have knowledge of the world. Yeah. Because what ends up happening is what we know often is the things we're afraid of, that isn't from wisdom. I'm afraid of some things that are irrational. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So do we want to talk about that for a little bit? How this movie can help our kids? Because once again, this is a scary movie. How can we talk about that idea of fear with our kids of, hey, there are things in this world that seem very scary, right? But how do we talk about that? Donnie, you got something to say?
1: So I was thinking about that. Like, so like, for instance, um, I think I'm trying to think of something that my kids have like grown out of based on understanding it more. Um, but there's various things like I think you can talk to your kids about when they're when they're dealing with something and they're afraid. Have them kind of talk through it. Have them have yeah. a conversation with you. Help them have them explain why it brings fear to them, why it makes them uneasy or why it makes them uncomfortable, because a lot of times, like you said, it's irrational, and sometimes it just takes talking through it to understand, oh, wait, this is I'm afraid because I thought something that didn't actually occur or was happening you know it's like the idea when a child goes hey i'm afraid because that looks like something in my closet it's like well how can we eliminate this thought it's like you don't have to be unwise about it you can be wise about it and go okay well do you have anything in there that would be that size or that shape of in the in your closet like oh yeah i do have this particular thing and then you walk them through that process because i think those are the the steps that we often give ourselves as we grow and get older is to think through this okay does this make sense or is this something that i'm just i haven't taken time to process
0: yeah well and i think when you get to that donnie and i think that's an opportunity for us i think if we have really young kids you know kids that are to 10 and younger to be able to have the conversation of like you're saying of um what our kids need to feel at that point is, hey, mommy and daddy are keeping you safe. Like they don't need, a a four-year-old doesn't need a full concept of the world. Their concept of the world needs to be mommy and daddy keep me safe. God keeps me safe, right? Like those ideas are important. But since we're talking about this is a movie that you're primarily gonna be watching with your older kids, you know, I think the struggle often, and I have a kid who's about to, is a preteen now entering closer to the teen years. And I'm aware she's gonna be without me Uh, pretty soon, right? As far as like in her life every day, she's going to be able to drive a car, she's going to be able to go to college, she's going to be able to do all these different kinds of things. And instead of overprotecting at that moment, the best thing I can do is to come in and go, hey, let's talk about what's the wise thing to do. What's the thing that honors God, honors other people? Like Those are conversations that fear, because once again, as we know from scripture, love drives out all fear. Perfect love drives out all fear. So there is no way for me to to be focused on love and to be afraid. So I can look at things that are dangerous and I don't have to be afraid of them, right? I can look at them and say, okay, how can I be wise with that, right? Fire is dangerous, but it doesn't have to be scary. I can put it in my fireplace.
1: Yeah, because that's kind of like one of the things I think about when I'm like with my kids. I mean, I remember hearing the statement of like, I'm not raising this, child at this age, I'm raising them to be an adult eventually. So my thought is a lot of times is I want to give them tools. I want to give them the ability to make a better decision so that if they don't have me around to make that decision, they go, okay, well, what dad was telling me about this is that I just have to look at these situations because I think often as parents, sometimes we wait too late to equip our kids with the tools to handle the world around them. Because we spent so much time protecting them and staying in the role of like guard dog or or protector, and not becoming the person that's going, okay, look now, I'm your guide, I'm your I'm your I'm your teacher, and I'm going to continue to give you things that will make you less dependent on me.
2: Not because
1: yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish what you're going to say. But like, like not to like remove yourself from it, but to take a different role because I think that's what happens and that's where a dynamic shift happens in in parental relationships with their kids is that they didn't transition out of the role of, hey, this is my baby to this is my child that's growing older and learning more about the world and it needs will experience it with, with, with me at times and sometimes without me. So
0: just to kind of wrap up this conversation here before we get into our our lightning round, I think what Donnie's getting at there, that's huge. Um, And I used to say this all the time when I would have conversations with older high schoolers a lot. We would have a a group of juniors and seniors and I would say them all the time, hey, hey, give your parents a break uh, because I know you sometimes feel like they're trying to control you. I know know, you're 17, you're 18 and you want to be an adult and you want to have more freedom. And I would just say this and uh, maybe parents don't like this. I would just say, your parents are scared. That's just the truth. You're you, you're ready to be an adult, but they're not ready for you to be an adult. And just like this is your first time being an adult, this may be their very first time having a child that's an adult. And they and and it's scary to put you out in the world. So try and give them a break. But you, because I'm talking to parents now. It's your responsibility to have that conversation and to be vulnerable enough to to watch this movie and see a dad who's scared for legitimate reasons. There are legitimate reasons that he thinks the world is a dangerous place and be able to have the conversation with your kids and say, hey, look, sometimes I make decisions and they are based out of fear. And that may not be the best choice for me as mom or dad can we start having more open conversations about why your curfew is at this time or why I have rules about your cell phone usage or why I want you to text me when you go someplace. Let's have conversations about what the wise thing to do is because not having conversations with your 17 or 18 year old is not going to make things better. Yeah. It is not going to make things better saying, because I said so to a 17 year old, is it's important as a five-year-old because I can't fully explain to my five-year-old who does occasionally get tablet time and one of my five-year-old occasionally likes to go on the internet. And we've had to tell them, nope, you lost your tablet time because you were (laughs) supposed to stay on this app and you went to this. And I don't have to explain to them all the intricacies of what's on the internet. I just have to say, you have to listen because I said so. That's not okay for a 17-year-old. You got to have a conversation. And I think this movie gives us a chance to say, no matter what the situation, we want to talk. We don't want our home to be a quiet place. Yeah, Pun intended. (laughs) Okay, so let's get in here. I know you guys, I know we have a lot more we can talk about. We want to keep these as short as we can. So uh, we're going to get into our lightning round. Anything you want to talk about about this movie for one minute, whether it's another theme you want to bring out, one final thought you want to have about what the discussions we've been having, or just something about the movie that you thought was dope. Uh, let's just talk about it. Let's give it to Sawyer first. Sawyer, lightning round one minute. What you got to say?
2: Uh, yeah, I want to talk about something that I just find to be incredibly, as you would describe, dope about the movie. Yeah. Dope, dope, double dope there, sandwich. There's there's two things I want to bring up. First off is uh, the kid performers. One, the actress of Reagan, whose name is escaping me right now. Millicent
0: um, Simmons.
2: Yeah, Millicent Simmons. She knocks it out of the park in this movie, as well as Noah Jupe, the actor of The Sun. Okay, they are awesome in this movie. Um, Also want to give a shout. I'm a big uh, nerd for creature design. And this movie has one of the coolest looking monsters from a movie I've seen in a very long time. Um, Gives off very big alien vibes. And I love it.
0: Yeah, very cool creatures. Very much, I love it. Reminiscent of Xenomorphs uh, from Alien. Love it. All right, Donnie, one minute. What do you want to say about this movie?
1: I mean, honestly, it's just it's just a really good movie. There's so many good things from the the acting. Like you said, uh, Sawyer, like from the adult actors to the child actors, they are phenomenal. Like they, they carry a the story. I love the fact that they utilize the idea of no sound in various parts that added so much more depth to the moments. Like I love how every moment was calculated. I love the scene of him at the, like the waterfall, and then having that conversation and explain and it logically making sense to the context of the story. I love how he was at the pond and he was explaining how he was going to teach him how to do this, but you can't do it this loud because. And then like the kid, I love that dynamic of the kid talking to him, going, "Well, why doesn't this work? Why can't I do it here, but I can't do it there?" And he's like, "Ah, perfect!" Like that aha moment because as a parent, I love those teachable moments and like when they come up, I'm like, Ooh, okay. Cause I feel like I have wisdom to embark. And when they're engaged in it, it's, it makes it like a hundred thousand times better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't really have a full minute on mine. This may be the first time I don't have more to say than a minute on my lightning round. All I'm going to say is uh, there are two moments in this movie where there are there are two adult men, uh, John Krasinski's one another, that their way of just ending everything is to just go outside and scream into the abyss, and uh, I go, man, there's nothing that sounds more like parenting than just having to spend the whole (laughs) whole day with your kids and go stand on a car and scream into the abyss for a monster to come destroy you. So... (laughs) Uh, But hey, seriously, we hope you guys watch this movie and we hope you get to have some good conversations about why it's important for us as families to have conversations because the whole goal of this is not just to share uh, memories and we think it's a great time to build memories with your kids, but also to have conversations that matter and to help your children understand that uh, we do serve a God who keeps us safe and that there is nothing to fear in this life because he is on our side. So good luck having conversations about this movie. We'll see you next time.